Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now, with your host, Peter Miller. Welcome, and we're going to Toronto, Ontario, Canada to talk to Carrie Byrne, and she is a very interesting organization, as well as being a consultant, a professor, a writer, all kinds of activity. So welcome, Carrie. Thank you, Peter. Thanks for having me. Okay, let's start with your academic background. Where did you go to post-secondary school? Well, I, uh, I started off my uh, university career uh, in Sudbury, Ontario at Laurentian University. Uh, and then I went on to Western University and uh, finished my PhD there in Rehabilitation Sciences. And then I went out to British Columbia to UBC and did a postdoctoral fellowship there. And though each degree was slightly multidisciplinary, interdisciplinary, they were all very much focused on aging and care. Okay, so let's talk about your work experience in Canada and the U.S. Well, I have, uh, for the last five years, actually been living as an expat. I lived in Dubai for a couple of years, and then I was in the U.S. for a couple of years. And while I was in the United States, I founded a company called The Long Distance Grandparent. And I launched a membership program uh, for grandparents called the Long Distance Grandparent Society. And that really was born out of uh, the emails that I was receiving from grandparents who were looking for ways to stay connected to their grandchildren. Uh, and I knew that it was very possible because I had been able to keep my two young children connected to their grandparents and family from a distance. So after almost 25 years studying uh, aging and care, I took all of that knowledge and put it into the Long Distance Grandparent and the Long Distance Grandparent Society. Okay, what about Dubai? What did you do there? Dubai, I just tried to survive initially. <laughs> uh, we, we moved there and it was, it was rather sudden. Uh, it was a, a sudden decision. And we had been living happily in Toronto with um, my husband and my youngest, and he was about, he had just turned two. And so we moved to Dubai, and I didn't really know what I was going to do. Uh, and so I actually ended up having our second son uh, while I lived there, uh, met a group of really phenomenal women. And it was actually in Dubai that I hatched the idea for the long distance grandparent because. Uh, Dubai, of course, is very, very hot <laughs> for a, a good chunk of the year. But in November, it starts to become just a you know beautiful place. And you remember why you're living there. But I also used to call it grandparent season because this is when all of the grandparents would show up to visit the expats who lived in Dubai. And so the beaches were filled with uh, grandparents and grandchildren playing together. Uh, and so while I was on maternity leave with my youngest, I started to interview uh, grandparents who were coming over to visit grandchildren uh, who lived in Dubai. And so these people were from all over the world. I interviewed uh, you know, a couple of grandfathers from, and grandmothers from India, uh, from the UK, from Ireland, uh, Canada. I, I spoke with a number of grandparents and their concerns were, were common. 
right? They were very worried that they would not be able to get to know their grandchildren from a distance, that they wouldn't be able to bond with them. And I knew that, again, that it was possible. And so that's really, in Dubai, was really where things were hatched. I had a moment to kind of sit back and figure some things out while we lived in Dubai. And then we got transferred to Houston, and we lived there for a couple of years. And that's when I <clears throat> was really able to map out uh, what I wanted to do with a long-distance grandparent, but I wanted to be able to provide uh, monthly support for grandparents to stay connected. But you also did some teaching at University of Waterloo, I think. Well, I have an adjunct appointment uh, at the University of Waterloo, and so uh, I've, I haven't been teaching there, but I worked with students um, on their thesis committees and have been involved in research there about the healthcare system. Uh, my main focus now, though, is really the long-distance grandparent. Uh, I, I love being involved in the university, uh, namely because of the opportunity uh, to work with students and bring their own PhD research to fruition. Uh, but I'm now really focused more on, uh, more on getting this business going and focusing exclusively on grandparents. So all of a sudden you're an entrepreneur <laughs> and none of it relates to your training. Well, it actually does relate because for the majority of my career uh, as a researcher, I studied, I studied, I did qualitative research. And so I, I, I went into my PhD as an ardent quantitative researcher, uh, you know, trained to believe that, um, that you needed the numbers in order to make a case for anything. My original degree was in psychology, uh, but I began to realize how important people's stories are to understanding healthcare and in particular, the family caregiving experience. And ultimately, I spoke with people who were working in healthcare, but they it really represented intergenerational relationships. So within any healthcare system, there are a multitude of intergenera intergenerational relationships, pardon me, uh, going on within any hospital setting or home care setting, uh, but also within families. And so it really at the core of things and what I've been studying over the years is relationships and looking at, you know, what helps people have successful relationships, uh, especially, especially during challenges and living at a distance from your own adult children and your grandchildren is a challenge in the relationship and puts you at risk of, of uh, not being as in touch with them or having the kind of relationship that you want. So what was the aha moment where you said, I want to start my own business? Well, I was, I had worked for a little while, uh, I say a little while, it was a, a couple of years, <laughs> a while ago, <laughs> um, with a tech startup, and it was a social mission business, and I felt that I, I kind of saw, you know what I saw, I was the director of research and partnerships there. And I was really able to take all of this research that I had done and others had done in the area of family caregiving and see it come alive in a product. And that was an aha moment for me. I was able to sit down with the developers and people who were creating this product and help them to embed science into the product itself. And that was exciting to me because we have a lot of research about a lot of things <laughs> and oftentimes that doesn't get used 
And so this really started to become a passion that I applied even in my research consulting. Let's take what we know already and let's get it into products and services. And ultimately that's what I've done with the long distance grandparent, right? So I took the interviews that I did. I really did a deep dive into the research about grandparenting, about connecting from a distance uh, and created a framework called Your Grand Path to Connection. So it's plan, partner, prepare, play and preserve. And I use those five things over and over again to help families uh, stay connected from a distance. And it's very, um, I, I just find that it's more gratifying than a publication. Like just knowing the emails that I receive when a grandparent has had a beautiful exchange with their grandchild uh, because of something that I've helped them do is just a more tangible feedback loop to me, I suppose, in terms of what I wanna do in this world and the things that I wanna see change. Uh, and so that's really kind of what led me to kind of take the research and put it into a product and become an entrepreneur because nothing like this existed. So it's it's the first membership uh, in the world for long distance grandparents. And they are a group with a you know large need and they're a group that I really care about. Uh, and I'm happy to speak to you about the underlying mission uh, of the company as well at, at some point during our conversation, Peter. Okay. Carrie, talk about the company out west that you work for. Uh, I worked with a company called Ties Personal Networks, and they had created a online platform for caregivers to organize a personal network around someone who they were caring for. Um, and so they, I think, actually were ahead of their time. <laughs> Uh, because we, there are now several different platforms that you can use to organize care for someone. But at the core of it was this idea of a personal network. And so not necessarily a social network. So we know that we have you know, social networks like Facebook, uh, but this was really based on how do you mobilize a personal network around you and the person um, that you are caring with and for. And it was an exciting, it was an exciting company and an exciting time uh, for me. I felt like I had a mini MBA because uh, of course I didn't have business experience. I was coming in uh, as the researcher and the person who was in charge of the partnerships that we were forging at Ties. So it seems like a, it seems like a lifetime ago, Peter, to even talk about it now. <laughs> can, can you spell the name of the company again, Carrie? Yeah, it's T-Y-Z-E. Guys. Okay. Okay. So let's get back to your company again. Do you have a team or is it just Carrie? Well, right now it's just me. Uh, I will, I work with a graphic designer. I pull in help with technology when I need it because I am hopeless uh, when it comes to technology. I, we joke that even when I touch the printer in my house, I somehow, it doesn't work can work for my husband 10 times and then I want to print something and it doesn't work. This is just always, uh, that's always, that's always been me. I just, uh, so I do, I kind of, you know, contract with people for help when I need it. Um, but, you know, I'm looking at what are the most, you know, what, what are the kind of first hires that I need to make, but you know what, what's been very helpful of course is, uh, partnerships and collaborating with others who are in the grandparenting space and sometimes it's a little bit of people think I'm a grandparent because of course my company's called the long distance grandparent uh, 
I'm not. I am, though, closer in age to a first-time grandparent, which is usually about 50, uh, than a mom with a three-and-a-half-year-old and a, a seven-year-old. I'll be 46 next month. But um, the, yeah, I've I've really just been able to work with a number of incredible people doing amazing work in this space, and I'm very grateful for that. Well, that's terrific. So, Carrie, visioning. Where do you see yourself and your family three years from today? Well, I can't tell you where we'll be living in three years because I have learned that that can change faster than I I can imagine. Um, <clears throat> where I would like to be in three years from now, you know, personally, or sorry, in my business is really having helped thousands and thousands of grandparents create fun and meaningful relationships with their grandchildren. And the reason for that, Peter, is because I have a passion to end ageism. And what we know from the research about ageism is that when grandparents and grandchildren have strong and meaningful interactions, they are less likely to be ageist. And so I hope to be someone who is also amplifying the voice of grandparents and this message in general, uh, that we need to focus on intergenerational connections within families to make sure that they're strong uh, because this will trickle out into society. Uh, Helen Hirsch Spence wrote an article, it's time to rebrand the word senior for a new decade. <coughs> and I think that's probably true. Yeah, this is such a a hot contentious issue about you know do we like what do we call people <laughs> and i i generally talk about someone who's a younger adult or an older adult and i've never really you know i don't know i look forward um to getting older because i think it, it is a privilege and it's the goal it's what i want to do and i feel like if I can eat enough kale, then maybe one day I'll get to be a grandparent because <laughs> I've got to stick around for a long time because I'm an older mother. Um, but there are just, you know, there are a multitude of issues. I think the pandemic has definitely kind of not <laughs> perpetuated ageism, but certainly shown us how prevalent it is uh, and that people are increasingly talking about it uh, and wanting to end it. And I'd like to be part of that. And I do that in my own, like with my own children, we talk about, uh, you know, it, it actually hit me that my kids probably know more about ageism than any other kind of um, is ism, <laughs> um, because it's the one that I talk about the most with them, and it intersects, you know, with sexism, with racism, and so we talk a lot about the older people in our lives who are grandparents, and focus on the things that they can do and the special relationship that they have. And I do everything I can as a mother to make sure that my children. Uh, have that kind of relationship because what I know is that I'm teaching them how to treat older people and I, it's important to me that they understand that people aren't defined by their age uh, they aren't defined by anything it's just really about what you want to do and that at any age we need a purpose and for a lot of people uh, the purpose is you know comes down to grandparenting at a certain point in their life and I feel like it's just an honor and a privilege to be able to help them achieve and strengthen that relationship. Now, the people that are members or associates of your business, are they 
Ontario-based? Are they Canada-based? Are they international? They're international. And that was a, a very uh, key decision that I made, uh, is that I could have started a subscription box for grandparents, uh, but I wanted I started a digital. I call it a digital subscription box because each month I send out a, what's called a connection pack that's based around a certain theme, and it has ideas, tons of ideas and games and unique things to do. Uh, on video chats, I give them mail to send. Um, so, but it's all based on the science of connection. And so we have members from South Africa, New Zealand, the UK, Ireland, Canada, US. I hope I didn't miss anybody, uh, but it's actually one of the reasons that the members like the membership is because they get to talk to people from different parts of the world and understand what it's like for them and their grandparenting, but that we are all coming together around a common uh, challenge and desire to have this beautiful relationship. Are you looking to expand it into events and programs? Yes, at some stage, I uh, am working very hard to not be struck by shiny marble syndrome. I've seen that happen to you know to entrepreneurs and you there are so many opportunities that come up um, and so I'm just now focusing on the membership and behind the scenes at the moment I'm working on a book about long distance grandparenting uh, and I do hope I mean I run webinars for grandparents uh, and so I'd like to do that more I do guest talks for organizations I come in and talk to their members about this framework that I've developed, plan, partner, prepare, play, and preserve. And it's a very uh, interactive, practical presentation. And um, so I've done several of those and I love it. I just love seeing the, you know, being able to do it first of all virtually because I can present to anyone anywhere in the world uh, at any time and connect with people uh, all over the world. And so I'm able to Kind of do it for any organization that has a group of grandparents and if you have if you have an you know older people in your membership or your organization then chances are many of them are going to be grandparents and chances are that many of them are trying to do this from a distance so carrie how do you fund your organization well the startup fees i funded myself uh, i charge for the membership so it's twenty dollars a month are $200 a year to join the Long Distance Grandparent Society. We also give away, um, we give away free memberships and it's actually funded by other members uh, because when other members share a win or a challenge that they've worked through, then I donate money into the Grand Scholarship Fund, it's called. So we have several members right now participating for free in the membership, uh, but they're not, no one knows. So nobody knows who's paid or who's there on, on the scholarship fund. Uh, right now, it's self-funded. And as you well know, it's always difficult <laughs> to get any kind of funding uh, for a startup. But I do hope to look for um, sources of funding in the future. That will be part of a growth plan for sure. OK. Do you have a business plan? <laughs> Roughly. <laughs> okay. All right, so you're going to grow. You're passionate about what you do. And does your family support what you're doing? Yes. In fact, I guess you could say that my father was my first investor, really, because 
uh, he invested in the beginning so that I could trademark and just get some of the legalities in place. Uh, everyone, you know, my husband is extremely supportive. Uh, you know, we, I, I made a, a, I don't know, I guess an early late shift out of a career. I thought I was going to be a professor, a tenure track professor. That was the goal. And then I realized that that's not what I wanted to do, uh, that this is what I wanted to do. Uh, and so I'm able to really focus on that with his with his support fully. And it's a juggle, let me tell you, because <laughs> we've got the two kids and it's been, you know, the last couple of years, many early mornings, late nights, working weekends for both of us. Uh, but this is something that I really believe in. And uh, I, I know that I can, you know, I know I can make a difference with it, but I also know that I can make a living out of it as well. Okay. So, Carrie, what is the website for your business? It's thelongdistancegrandparent.com. Okay, that's pretty straightforward. Well, look, thank you this afternoon for uh, joining me, and uh, we're going to see a lot more of you in the future. Thank you for having me, Peter. It's been a pleasure chatting.